0: Uh, but I want us to look at some verses in Ezra chapter number 3, Ezra chapter number 3, I want to read the first three verses and uh, try to bring to our heart a thought the Lord spoke to our hearts about today. I'm glad to be saved, aren't you? I tell you, the Lord's sure has been good to us, gave us a great service this Sunday Looking for great service tonight. Verse number 1, the Bible said, And when the seventh month was come, the children of Israel were in the cities. The people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Then stood up Jeshua the son of Jehoshadak and his brethren the priests and Zerubbabel the son of Shathiel and his brethren and builded. The altar of God, the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings thereon, as is written in the law of 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 Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon his bases, for fear was upon them because of the people of the countries, and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you'd help us this morning or this evening to share the word of God. I pray, Lord, that you'd receive the glory from the service tonight. We need you this evening. Without you, there's be no need in us having church. Uh, but, Lord, if you'd speak uh, with us a few moments, uh, Lord, it would be a real blessing. Help us now as only you can. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want us to think a little bit tonight as we consider this thought on allowing the altar to alter you. Of course, the first night we talked about the physical altar at the church and some of the things that you can do there, how that you can worship God there, how that you can meet with God there, how that you can confess your sin there, how that you can pray there, and all of the different things to be done at the physical altar. And then last uh, week I talked to you a little bit about A spiritual altar. How that altars are not only physical, but also spiritual. Uh, There out of Romans chapter number 12, we talked about how that uh, you can present your bodies a living sacrifice. And that you can meet with God at a spiritual altar. Now tonight, I want to talk to you just a little bit about repairing altars. Altars that have been torn down. Altars that have fallen into disrepair. Uh, sometimes by attack of the enemy, and then at other times by neglect of the people. And uh, the Bible is full of instances. I've drawn three out uh, that I'll share with you tonight. But the Bible is full of instances where alders became in disrepair. And I'm going to talk a little bit about why that was tonight. And there might be some alders that we need to repair uh, not that we need to build a new altar, but that we need to go back, amen, and repair some old altars. I believe that tonight, don't you? And I, I tell you, in a day and age where everybody's uh, looking for a new way, and uh, thank God I believe in growing and looking toward the horizon, you all know that, pushing forward, and, uh, but there's some old paths and some old altars that, all, that we ought to be tending to tonight. Uh, And there's some things that we hadn't ought to change. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so I deal a little bit about some repairing of the altars. Now, I'll give you a few thoughts here. And like I said, I'm going to point out three. And the first one is right here in Ezra 3, the verses that we read for you tonight. That is the altar of the returning exile. Now, let me paint the picture for you. Israel is, uh, of course, there in Jerusalem. They've got uh, the temple worship going on. But what they did was they backslid on God and they got away from God and God judged them by allowing the Babylonians to take them captivity. And if you ever want to understand how terrible it is, how terrible the Babylonian captivity was, all you've got to do is uh, read the book of Lamentations. That book, literally, the name of that book means crying. And Jeremiah talks about all of the atrocities that happened Uh, During the time of Babylonian captivity As they're being taken captive Jeremiah was that uh, prophet That was that transitional prophet And he saw the end of Israel And the beginning of the Babylonian captivity Well for 70 years They're in Babylonian captivity And then under the time of Ezra They're allowed to go back And a remnant of them return to Jerusalem uh, To rebuild the temple But before they do that They first rebuild the altar. Now, uh, I'm going to give you a few things, uh, just kind of a thought on that. Now, it's interesting to note that the majority of the Jews did not return back to Jerusalem. The majority stayed in Babylon. And uh, that speaks to the fact that once you get comfortable in a place, it's hard to go back to where you need to go. Uh, people, a lot of, I believe in this world, a lot of people get comfortable in the world, Brother Billy, and then they won't, they won't go back to the things of God, even when they have an opportunity to, they'll not return to it. That's the same way, that, that's what happened uh, here in the book of Ezra. But there was a remnant. Can I just stop and say just a minute? I want to be a part of that crowd. I want to be a part of the remnant crowd. I want to be a part of that crowd that goes back, uh, my friend, and walks in the old paths and uh, rebuilds the old altars. I know in this day there's a lot of people who makes a lot of fun of that, talk about old fogies, you know, and... Uh, uh, all this different, but I'm going to say something. Uh, there's something to uh, uh, going back and rebuilding uh, the altars. Uh, hey, I believe that while well, to go back. So they went back, a remnant went back, and re- the first thing they did before they built a house of God, they reconstructed the altar. Now, you may remember a few weeks ago I preached on that, and I told you that they built their houses before they built the house of God, and they even used the wood that had been sent down there to build the house of God to build their houses. But one thing they did do right was they built an altar. Now, why did they do that? Because the Bible tells us right there in the verses that we read that because the people of these countries, they set altars upon his basis for fear, uh, was upon them because the people of these countries. So they could look around and see that they were outnumbered and that they were in danger. And if they were going to be able to survive, they were going to have to have a place where they could call on God. i want to tell you, if we're going to hey, listen to me, if there's any hope left in this nation, it's that the children of God would call on God again. How many of us should agree with me tonight? We're going to have to have God's help. Hey, Amen. I've known it's bad. It's I've known it's bad nationally for a long time, uh, but I've even made the statement uh, that we live in a sheltered area, and I thank God for that. Uh, But I'm going to tell you something. uh, After Monday night, I don't believe our area is too sheltered anymore. Uh, uh, If you'd have been up there in that meeting, and uh, uh, those of you that was there can testify. uh, I'm telling you, it's getting pretty bad right here in Yancey County. uh, And boy, we'd better go back to the old path and build the old altars. I'm telling you, the church can no longer be a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. We've got to be a thunder of the gospel in these days. We need to return. So there's this returning of the exiles, and the very first thing they did was build an altar. Now, what happened to the old one? Well, for one thing, the Babylonians no doubt destroyed. When they went through, the Babylonians destroyed the temple. They destroyed the altar, no doubt. And uh, because the enemy, listen to me now, the enemy never wants us to commune with God. That's the last thing the enemy wants. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Not all the Jews went into Babylonian captivity. There were some that stayed in Jerusalem. You see, if you'll study that, what you'll see is the Babylonians took the best of the people. And those that were of the baser sort, they left in Jerusalem. In other words, if you were old, they left you. If you were ugly, that's the truth. You can study that. Some of y'all have been safe. If you was ugly, they left you. They didn't take no ugly people. They only wanted the cream of the crop, see. So that was Jews that stayed behind. Why didn't they rebuild it? Seventy years they left it undone. Neglect, see. Uh, Maybe they felt overwhelmed by it. Maybe they were afraid of the Babylonians. Whatever the case may be, they did not take the time to rebuild the altars. Now, I'm going to tell you there's a lot of altars in America that have been destroyed that we've not taken the time to build back. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you three real quick ones. But uh, just lay the groundwork. There's some altars in America that we've allowed to be destroyed and we need to build back if if we're going to have any chance. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. And I've got this heavy on my heart right now. Come November of 2024, I'll go and cast my ballot for whoever it is that don't back that baby killing, amen. and them sodomites, that's who I'll vote for. I don't care if it's, if it's, I don't care who it is. <laughs> Trump, DeSantis, you just name it. On down the line, whoever it is that don't back that baby killing, that's who I'll vote for. Uh, but I'll tell you something: I'm afraid that ship's done sail. They're so deep within the federal government. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they're they're so entrenched that I'm not sure that that it can be it can be salvaged, not by human means. You see what I'm saying? I don't think human means can salvage it at this point. It's too far gone. I think the only hope, and I, I I believe this, I think the only hope for our nation is for the church to start rebuilding the altars and getting a hold of God again. If the church don't have revival, it don't matter how many how many people we got in the White House or the State House or any other house. If the church don't get where it needs to be, then we're in a mess in America. That's the truth, and so. It starts at home, right? Alders that are in disrepair. So there was this altar during the time of Ezra. The enemy had destroyed because the enemy does not want us to have a relationship with God. Now watch this. There's the altar of Manasseh. In Second Chronicles chapter number 33, you'll read about a king by the name of Manasseh. And I'm not going to have Rachel put it up. There's a lot of scripture there to read. I'll just tell you the story. Manasseh was one of the most wicked kings that ever lived. Probably the worst one that that Israel ever had. He built altars to Baal and tore down the altars of God. I mean, that's how... He was the king of Israel and he did that. He was a terrible man. But you know what? You can read 2 Chronicles chapter number 33. You know, what, you know what God did? God put him down in a briar patch. That's in your Bible. Put him down in a briar patch, allowed him to get, allowed him to get arrested and taken into bondage. And boy, down there in the jail cell, he turned his heart back to God. And I'm going to tell you that Manasseh was uh, more wicked. You read what he did. He's just as wicked as the, the people that we got running in Washington. I'll guarantee you that. Uh, He's as wicked as uh, any of those men on Capitol Hill. He's as wicked as any of those, uh, that crowd that we look at and say, boy, there's never been a leader like this. Look how wicked he is or look how wicked she is. Manasseh was ever bit that wicked. But God got him down yonder in the jail cell and got his heart right with God. You see what I'm saying? And when he come up out of the jail cell, he wanted to make things right. And so what he did was he vowed a vow to turn Israel back toward God and he gave the command to tear down all those groves and to get rid of all them altars to Baal and he rebuilt the altars of God nationally for the children of Israel. And so uh, there's this this altar that was replaced, had been replaced with the altars of idols. Can I say to you tonight, there's a lot of national alders that have been replaced. Did you know you can read Pilgrim's Progress? You can read uh, any, any history book that's a real history book that you want to read. And what you'll find out is this nation is founded on the gospel. It's founded by Christian people. Now, they might not all believe like we believe doctrinally. There were some deists in the mix and different... Uh, different the different theological viewpoints, but they were all Christian people, and they founded this nation. And we had altars across this nation where men prayed and asked God. As a matter of fact. In the First Continental Congress, they prayed and begged God for help in drafting the Constitution of the United States. They implored for God's help in every aspect of that thing. But I'm telling you, in our day, we've torn down those altars, uh, and just like in the days of Manasseh, we've we've erected other altars nationally in the United States of America. And when uh, when our people go to worship, they go to worship at the altar of materialism. Uh, They worship things. Uh, They worship bank accounts uh, in America. Can I say America worships at the altar of sex? Uh, Everything has a sexual undertone. Uh, And my friend, when you worship sex, a lot of this started in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Uh, Eventually, uh, it it, it progresses to where you start worshiping sexual perversions. Uh, And that's where we're at in America. They're worshiping. Hey, they're worship in the environment and environmentalism. Uh, they'll do anything for Mother Earth uh, and they worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Uh, they worship by child sacrifice. Uh, you know what I'm telling you is right. Uh, on the altar of abortion uh, they've, uh, they've offered millions upon millions of babies. Uh, I'm just here to tell you tonight uh, that's the altars that have been erected in America. That's the national religion. Uh, that's what they're worshiping in the this country tonight and I'm going to tell you we need to do like Manasseh. We need to tear down those altars of Baal that have been built across this nation and re-erect some altars to God and pray to God and worship God and serve God. But you can't expect the lost people to do that. They're not going to do it. You know who's got to do it. It's the church of the living God. It's you and me. It's our responsibility. Uh, it's our job to re-erect these altars uh, and say enough is enough, uh, and start praying and serving and worshiping God the way we should again. It's our job. It's our job. We was up there Monday night, and a halfway, about halfway through it, I wished I hadn't went because uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to control myself. <laughs> kind of the same reason I don't go to football games, Mountain Heritage Base, basketball football games anymore. I, I just get wound up. I, I'll go to a, a Mountain Heritage basketball game and not know a person on the court, and the referee can make a bad call, and I'll say, you stupid referee. <laughs> I am that guy. I am that guy. And I never will forget one time we was a football game. Trey was playing football, I was yelling, screaming at the referee. He's walking right by me, and I was giving him a hard time. And I looked down, and I had a badge and gun on. And I thought, boy, that looks real good. I bet that referee thinks, oh, boy, the deputy sheriff's yelling at me. You know, tell him what's going on. God said, you worry more about Gary Banks than you do me. You reckon what, I, you reckon what you're doing to your testimony for me, a holler and screaming like that? But I done good. I only yelled one time and uh, bit my tongue. But uh, it's real contentious. I had a... We had a feller, me and Kenneth Forbes. Now, can you imagine this? Y'all know Kenneth's most straight-laced fella on the planet. Kenneth is sitting down, standing there, and you know, Kenneth's all proper. S- saying furthermore a lot. You know, Kenneth, that's his, that's his word. He says furthermore. He's standing there, and I'm standing next to him. And right next to Kenneth... Well, my brother-in-law, Aaron. And then right next to Aaron was a feller in a, a, a miniskirt and a halter top and had queer tattooed across his chest. Queer. And a lot of other stuff tattooed on him. And had his hair up in a bun, a bunch of earrings, stuff, and big old mask on. And he's standing there. And everybody, well, not Everybody. At least half the people in there were there taking up for that crowd, yelling, screaming. It was a, it was a demonic kind of spirit there. I, I, don't ha- I don't know how else to explain it. You know how when you walk in a room, you know, you just kind of feel it? A lot of times you walk in, like you walk into a church and you're like, oh man, this feels nice. But then you walk into certain places and you're like, oh, something about this is unsettling. Well, that's the way that was. Am I telling it right, those of you that were there? It was unsettling to be there. It was like, it was like a lot of... That's in Yancey County. I'm not talking about bunker. It's time we get our head out of the sand and quit making like somehow we've got a force field around this county. We're going we're gonna to mess around and lose a real good thing. Am I right? if we don't get in in gear. Now, here's the thing. We can fuss that the First Baptist ain't doing nothing. And they ain't. We can fuss that the Methodist church ain't doing nothing. And they ain't. But guess what? What can you do about the First Baptist church? Not a thing. What can you do about the, the Methodist church? Not a thing. The only church that you and I can do anything about is the Concord Baptist Church. And so we ought to dig in super deep. We ought to double down on every effort we're making. We ought to reach out every way we can reach out we ought to pray like we've never prayed before we ought to ask god for his power like we've never seen it before because we've got kids probably next week i'll have a grand youngin that if time lasts are going to need some place to grow up that ain't like ashley that's exactly right and this this is the last stand folks where else are we going? If it don't work out in Yancey County, where are we moving? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do if it don't work out here? This is this is the last stand. Amen. See what I'm saying? So we better rebuild some altars. Manasseh, when he got right with God, one of the first thing he wanted to do is repair the altar. Let me give you one more altar. Over in 1 Kings chapter number 18, Elijah, he builds that altar on the top of Mount Carmel. What happens is false religion tears it down. They get up there with their show. You know, if if that had happened today, if that challenge happened today, they would have brought in a sound system and some strobe lighting and had their interpretive dance and their cool preacher with his with his uh, skinny jeans and his polo on cause that's modern religion the modern religion of Elijah's day was the prophets of Baal and y'all remember when I preached on the, on uh, the life of Elijah and how they danced and cut themselves and squalled and yelled and did all of these different things and in the process of that they tore the altars down let me tell you what's happened in America We've had some men that would stand right, Brother Billy, and preach right and stick with the Bible and were doctrinally sound and rightly divided the word of truth and did the right thing. And then we had some people that lived it right and stayed true and believed right and did right. But in in, in the name of winning the world, we've modernized every mechanism about the church. And But the problem with that is, in the meantime, we've tore the altar down and we've lost the power of god that's that's exactly right but i'm telling you not everybody's buying it you know probably if you look percentage wise i'm gonna go out on a limb and say we've got the fastest growing church in the county for the last probably two or three years right here percentage wise we probably there's bigger churches than ours in the county but by percentage we probably.